Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. When the red, red robin comes bump, bump, bumping along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his own sweet song. defeats in a row three games without scoring and six games without a clean sheet the issues are adding up for the addicts welcome to Charlton Live So hello and welcome to Charlton Live on your Sunday. I hope you guys are well. My name is Louis Mendes. Thank you for joining us uh, on this week's show as we get ready to look back at yet another defeat, this time 2-0 away at Sheffield on Wednesday up at Hillsborough. Uh, yesterday, as I said, it takes our uh, losing run up to five games. Uh, you know, the clean sheets, we're not getting those anymore. Considered twice at least uh, in six games in a row. Not scoring goals, you know, problems adding up. And only eight points above the relegation zone at one point. It looks even worse yesterday. Thankfully, a, a late equaliser for Ipswich at Morecambe means we are eight points clear and not only six points clear. Joining me to discuss all those joyful things. Uh, first up, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Not bad, mate. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, as good as can be in the in the footballing uh, circumstances. And also joining us, uh, try and weigh up all our options at the moment, is uh, Mr. Nathan Muller. How are you doing, Nathan? Not bad, boys. Better than yesterday, but today's another day, nearer to Christmas still. So, uh, bit of, bit of a sense of deja vu every time we're coming on here. I think at the yeah, moment, but yes, well, uh, I'm sure we're going to mull over the or chew over the fat rather 
Um, but yeah, not bad, mate. Yeah, bad, you got your Christmas shopping sorted yet, then, Nave? Hey, you got your Christmas shopping sorted? Uh well, that'll be telling, my friend. That'll be telling. I've got your one, but oh. I can't. I can't tell you what it is on oh. over the radio waves. I'm, I'm excited already to find out. <laughs> especially what shape and size it is. Right, so as I said on this week's show, um, we're, we're going to hear the highlights or the goals, at least, from the game in a few moments' time. We've got the reaction, uh, of course, of Johnny Jackson. We've got some fans bar uh, reaction as well as uh, tweets and emails. So, lo- I mean, loads to get into. Tom, before before we hear the goals back, at least, um, how, how concerned are you about the points above the relegation zone and the fact that we're on a bit of a downward spiral? Yeah, obviously more than I was on on Thursday. Um, I it's it's the nature of the the goals that people have been saying anyway, but just carbon copies yet again. Uh, and I think going into to yesterday's game, uh, you know, if anybody listened to Thursday's show, I was prepared to give Jacko the benefit of the doubt around this formation. You know, I'm 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 pleased that he's he's got an idea and he wants to stick to it. But just seeing the nature of the goals again yesterday, I'm of more leaning towards what Nave said Thursday, which is scrap all that, just get back to basics and, and shore it up and, and get some, you know, even if we don't get a win, get a draw, just get a point on the board so that we can stop this rot now because that's five in a row. Games aren't getting any easier over the next few weeks. And if we were to lose two or three more now, not only is that then seven or eight in a row, but also it's just pulling us so close towards that relegation zone. Um, so that's what concerns me. I think also he was asked after the game, wasn't he, about whether the sort of character that's in this group, and I'm just not seeing enough leaders in there now. We need somebody in there to, to drag us through a game. And, uh, you know, there's maybe Dobson, maybe Pierce, maybe Stockley coming back now, but it, I don't know. It's, it is more concerning and, I was quite relaxed on Thursday's show and said, nah, relegation's not an issue. And it's only one more game since then. But the, the manner of the performance and the manner of those goals we've conceded and the fact it's another game we haven't even got on the score sheet, I am a little bit concerned now. Mm. Yeah, well, it was the inevitability of it, wasn't it, from the first five minutes. you know, Even before they scored, we were absolutely on the back foot. We were, we were penned inside our own final third, corner after corner after corner, then a free kick as well. I mean, it, it, right from the off, it felt like the writing was on the wall yesterday, Nathan. Yeah, they, from the get-go, they started quick, put us on the back foot, turned us around. And then we couldn't get out, and that's and we try and do that, but sometimes we just end up kicking out of play, or kicking it Ainsley, or kicking it up to Mason Burstow, Burstow rather, who's got three big centre halves with him. Do you know what I mean? And they were smart. They the pitch was awful, but it was both for both sides. They played. They didn't play badly. Do you know what I mean? It comes down to players not doing their jobs, and you know, Jacko's not going to be. He's not going to escape criticism with the formation and stuff, which you know Tom just mentioned what we meant said on Thursday. But that's my opinion, and Jacko's got, you know, that's his team, and he's choosing to keep it. But it comes down that players aren't doing their jobs. It's quite, it's evident, really. And I mean, I don't know if it, I think it's Bobby Robson, or it could be someone else. Someone said if you lost, if, if you're going through a bad run and you're conceding goals, what do you do? You stick to, you play ten defenders. Well, we're doing that, and we're still conceding goals. We ain't got any forwards. But it just comes down to basic errors. And Tom said it, carbon copy, like week after week after week. It's the same thing. So there's only so much that I know Jacko picks a team. But when he puts those players on the pitch, if you're not doing your job properly, 
What, what can he do? He can't change it up. You can't change the personnel because the personnel is still the same. You can maybe change the shape and the formation, but ultimately the players, they've got just got to do their jobs. You know, they're, they're just professional footballers and it just looks... It look, you know, they probably... They maybe they are trying. Jacko said they're trying, but they're just there's no enthusiasm. It looks like they don't believe that they can win a game of football. It looks like they can't string a pass together. You know, Mac Mac and Goal, you say, kept, like I said earlier, kept lumping it to Mason. What's he going to do? Seriously, what is he going to do? But, you know, I, you know, I was a bit more negative on Thursday, you know, worried about it. And I genuinely am, because I said off air, people like the games that we've got against Burton, Gillingham, they've got uh, Wimbledon, they've got things to play for. I know we have now, but we, we're supposed to have something to play for all season, and they're picking up points. And they're the games that I'm sort of worrying about now, because Neil Harris with Gillingham, he's going to love coming to us when we're in a bit of a mire. So I, I, I just don't know what to say, but, you know, it's just it was just rubbish, just rubbish. Yeah, there we go. I think that sums it up quite nicely. Let's have a quick listen back to the goals uh, from yesterday. It's not full highlights because it wasn't really a great deal, more, more than what happened anyway, but uh, it sounds like the commentary kept cutting out as well yesterday. So we'll just have a li- little listen to the, the goals from yesterday. Commentators on Charlton TV. Uh, Steve Brown was alongside Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. Bannon's about to take the uh, the free kick and Charlton in the opening five minutes. Brownie has been under severe pressure. <laughs> Just a little bit so, yeah. This, we'll get into it after he's hit this free kick in. Bannon. With, uh, Lee standing on the edge of the area. The ball comes into the box and whipped in. It's a little flick. And there's the opening goal. Several Wednesday have been threatening it. As it is, I think, with the flick head up on the edge of the six-yard box, and Sheffield Wednesday have the lead. Yeah, it's been coming. You know, you talk about having fast starts. Well, this is probably one of the best starts I've seen this season from any League One side. The intent was straight from kickoff. They turned us round. They put Fame under pressure in the, in our left uh, defensive channel. He hooked it out of play, and we haven't recovered since. That's the fourth ball that Bannon's been allowed to put in from a set piece. And on this one, it's telling. It's Byers who gets across his man, and he just helps it on its way. The delivery's going towards the far post. And Baez just does nothing but add a little bit of pace to it. It beats McGilvery and nestles into the far corner. And we have barely had a touch. You know, such is the start from Sheffield Wednesday. Drifts inside the Charlton half. Out left to Luongo. Looks forward towards Johnson. It's a lovely pass. Johnson across goal. And there's the second. Callum Patterson, it is the goal scorer. It's the ball behind Jayasimi. Finds Johnson. And crosses for Patterson. Is stretch leg connecting with the ball Sheffield Wednesday make it 2-0 yeah and back to back games that's our right wing back done off the shoulder and, and I'm, I'm tired of saying it about Jayasimi he can't defend off the shoulder particularly well he's okay going 1v1 when the ball's in front of him but actually recognising when he's in trouble and denying space in behind he's not very good at spotting it's a wonderful run from Johnson and a, and a great delivery you know, even at that point, you can still protect the middle of the six-yard box slightly better than we did. But give them credit. That's a wonderfully timed run, a lovely weighted pass, super cross, and Patterson's done his job of being in the right place at the right time to tap it in. But for every goal, that, or for every good goal that an opposition scores, you can break down what we've done. And we could have made that slightly harder. Well, we could have made it much harder. 2-0. There we go. Thanks to the boys uh, for those goal highlights. Um... 
Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it before we heard him then, Tom, and, and I did ask Jacko about it, and, and the formation has been something that's coming up and up, and, I, and I'm the same as you, you know, I've seen a Milton Keynes side who's been trying to play the same way for a number of years, and it's coming to fruition now, uh, but obviously I am seeing a Charlton side that is being picked, I mean, the, the set-piece goals will happen in any formation, because that's just marking a set-piece, it was Gilby who let himself down this time. Uh, was beaten to the ball by George Bryars at the start of, of the game. But just before half-time, you know, that ball inside, you know, Adam Matthews has gone off with concussion, DJ's come on, uh, is a ball threaded to DJ's left-hand side and to the right-hand side of Chris Gunter. So there's a pos- positioning issue there. And it's something that's come over up over and over again now. So, so and I do ask Jacko the question in the interview, if we're more vulnerable to that sort of thing. But, you know, lots of teams do play free at the back and, and, they will probably find ways to not let that happen quite as consistently as we are. So, I mean, what what does need to change? Do the players need to be drilled again and again? Or does do we have to give up and just say, look, these idiots can't can't hack it at the moment. We've got to try something else and stick a, stick a fourth in, in the defence. It's the latter for me. And, and it's not a, a give up, as you said. But I think it is stop it for now. Uh, it's just happening too much. And... He says he's doing the drills uh, during the week and I'm not one of those calling for Jacko to be sacked. So I'll be very clear that I want him here next season. I think he's the right man at the moment. But that doesn't mean, or just because he's a club legend or whatever, it doesn't mean he doesn't deserve criticism. And for me, if you're trying to do this this many times and it's not working, then you've got to just try and, and change something more drastically because... You look at the goal as a whole, I think it was Gilby who wasn't really pressing in the midfield. So, that, And that was the same as the, the Tuesday night game as well. Midfield just have far too much space. And then you can see the run from out wide from a long way out. And the, the gap is huge. And DJ obviously tries to go for it, doesn't. Gunter tries to go for it, doesn't. And then he's just clean through. And as I say, carbon copy of Tuesday night and of, of things we've seen so many times over the past few weeks. And what I'm struggling with is is probably what Jacko's struggling with is he says these players were doing that fine a little while ago and it's all well and good to say maybe the formation's been found out but you can't tell me there weren't players trying that in the early parts of this formation because that is where the exposure could be and they weren't getting away with it. So when we had, I don't know what the difference was, maybe certain players or personnel or maybe confidence but it was working and now it's not. And I think I admire him for wanting to persevere with this formation. And if we survive this year and we go into League One next year and we've got people who are used to playing wing back and the right side of a back three, then I'm all for it. But I just think at the moment something more drastic has to happen and just put four in there just for a game and just see if we can tighten it up. Because as I said in my earlier answer, just a point at the moment will make a world of difference to that confidence and try and get us back on track. Mm, yeah, I mean, I've just been sent a stat, actually, which is remarkable when you think about it. But uh, we've conceded the same number of goals in this calendar year in the league in 2022 as Rotherham have uh, in the entire league season, 19. I mean, obviously, Rotherham are by far and away the tightest defence in League Two because the second tightest after 19, Rotherham is 32, which is Wigan. So, I mean, that is a remarkable achievement by Rotherham. But it <laughs> doesn't sound great when you put it like that for us, Nave. I mean, we are shipping goals to fun at the moment. Yeah, and I think, like you said, I mean, Rotherham, you know, I Rotherham and Chalker Cheese, really. Um, but yeah, it's still not a good stat to hear, is it? Um, but yeah, I mean, and the, the the amount of goals that we've conceded, I don't obviously, I don't know the the percentage of them, but 
like if someone you know smashes one top bins or you know there's a good passage of play um you know that then you sometimes you just put your hands up but it's the mistakes and just the basic like the positioning like the one the first the 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 one with DJ that was involved it's just basic defending but I, and I said on Twitter I, I feel for a, a bit for him because he's not a wing back so of course we had it remember when we had Paul Smith and he got absolutely pumped by I can't who was it Rochdale or something when he played wing back it's because he's not a wing back he's a he's a winger for a reason if he was a wing back then he would have had a career as a wing back and I know you can try and convert players but you they've got to have the attributes to be converted if that makes sense and he's not a wing back at all so but we're just we're not tracking runners or someone cuts inside and it's the basic elements of defending that we're not getting right and if you're not getting that right I'm not talking about recipes again because that didn't go down well on Thursday but it's a recipe for disaster which we're having at the moment which is no there's no getting away from it but at the moment it's like we're looking at it going how can we change it can we go to a four? Will that help? Will that mean we're sort of overrun? But and even if even on the other side of the game, like defensively, it's not all about the back four. Like our oh, pressing, where's that gone? That was we was right on the press at the beginning, but we can't press the ball anymore. We don't press as a team anymore. It just keeps coming back. It doesn't stick up top for obvious reasons. And yesterday it was just a it was like a training game for them. And that's the way it felt. It just felt like we were just sort of going through the motions, making mistakes, being, you know, our own worst enemy. And um, that's what it's been like for the, I can't remember how many games now. And mm. I just don't know when it's going to end, mate. Yeah, I mean, the, the set-piece goal that did sort of get get the game going for Sheffield Wednesday, like I said, we'd, we'd already defended three successfully, I guess, which is a good thing. But, you know, is that five in the last six, I think? We'd, we'd had a little hiatus of about two games without conceding from a set-piece, but... Um, Alex Gilby seems to be the man who, who just lost his his, uh, his his the one he was marking, and, and he went on to score the goal. George Byers, why why does this keep happening? I mean, Gilby overall has been so disappointing over the last few weeks. You know, a player who I think when Jackson was building his his momentum, his jug, the Jackson juggernaut, he Gilby was a key part of that. He was getting forward. You know, he needed to add goals to his game. He got that one against Ipswich and. I thought, right, he's going to go on a run now, but he's regressed massively, and he, at the moment, he's bringing absolutely nothing to the team. Yeah, I, it has to be a, as I say, across the whole team, I think it might be a, a confidence thing, um, because as you say, he was he was one of our better players. But then you look at Elliot Lee in the early parts, looked good. I know again wasn't getting enough goals, but looked all right. Um, and Jacko made that decision, took him out, put Morgan in, and Morgan kicked on. And I feel the last few weeks, Gilby's just started to, to cruise a little bit because, as you say, I don't think he's probably been good enough or earned his place, but but hasn't been dropped. Now, whether that's down to the, the players we've got or whether that's Jacko feels he's seeing enough, I'm not sure. But, again, just, just sloppy goal to concede. Silly foul from Dobson in the first place. Simple ball in. And, yeah, as you say, loses his man, wasn't even facing the right way. Easy header and, and you're 1-0 down so early in a game. And... Just upsets all that preparation yet again, um, and that one seems to have been a problem for a while. You know, um, since I don't know when, but the last few managers we've had, for some reason, defending set pieces, we seem to have struggled with. But that again seems like a basic one we should be able to get right on the training ground, uh, and we just, as I say, haven't been able to for for a long, long time. And 
you know, if, if somebody's cutting through your team and, and scoring or someone's belting one in from, from 30 yards, you, you hold your hands up and you go, fair enough. But we're conceding the same goals and basic goals every single week. Is that, is that eight goals we've conceded in the last three games? We haven't scored since, what, the Wigan 2-1 defeat? Like, we're not really scoring at the other end. I said the other day, we need to score at least two goals to win a game. Well, the last few games, we would have needed three to win these games. And obviously, the Wimbledon game, we did have to score three. So, that's the concern, particularly when you haven't got any strikers. Um, if we're going to look for positives, obviously, Stockley coming back is a start. But until confidence improves, it, to me, it looks like the confidence thing. And, and Nath mentioned it there about the pressing as a team. And I mentioned it with that first goal, that pressing as individuals that again comes with confidence if you feel that you've got your mates back and you're all pressing as a group that builds that momentum and that confidence but when you haven't got that everybody's just a little bit more tentative and sitting back a little bit and it just allows other teams to come at you and at the moment they know we're vulnerable and, and they're taking advantage of that mm. I mean why why is that stopped happening then Nathan because I mean even that Portsmouth game a couple of weeks ago I thought right we're right we're back at it now we're back at that high press uh, high intensity in your face uh, went out of the ball and, and winning it high up the pitch. But I think we, we won it once on the edge of the area yesterday and that was just from one of the Sheffield Wednesday players taking so long to to release the ball. I think I would have been able to tackle him. I would have had time to come down from from the uh, the upper tier where I was commentating to, to go and tackle him. Like it, it, it was just a weird one. But, you know, that was, that was when Mason Burstow fired straight at a goalkeeper at Peacock Farrell. But I mean, why, why, is, why have those energy levels stopped? Because it's not like... The longer it goes on, the more urgent it will become now. And I, I'm, I'm like Tom, I'm still pretty comfortable about the relegation battle. And we'll talk about those teams below us in, in, a, in a few moments' time. But, I mean, at one point, we will have to start getting a bit more urgent again. Yeah, we have to. I think a, bit, a big part of that is Connor. Um, I think Connor does a lot of the... Um, we talk about Dobbo doing the ugly side of the game in front of that back four and doing the cleaning up but I think Connor works channels um, he puts people under pressure he starts to tr he starts to press um, when Elliot first started coming in he was getting involved in the press as well in that sort of number 10 in that little hole um, but I don't know he, he's just, obviously I know Mason obviously works hard but pressing is isn't just about a case of just chasing after a player you know you've got to chase the per you've got to chase the player into an area where he doesn't want to go or on his weaker side and that's where you set traps but mason's still learning the game connor knows the game and he's an intelligent footballer so i think some of it comes from that um and when he's not playing we've only got mason at the moment so we haven't really got much choice but to get him to try and force him into sort of positions where they don't want to go but yeah, the, the big thing for me is just that it's you can see it's confidence. You can see 100% it's confidence because it's more. I know we had you know when Jacko first come in and we had that little bit of a that little bit of a run when he come first come in with you know Plymouth and Ipswich, but the performance levels were 1,500 times higher than what they are now. Um, so they're not bad players overnight. I know there's a, there's a debate on you know who people want to see here next year, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but these aren't awful, awful players. Otherwise, we wouldn't beat the teams. Like when we play Plymouth, they were banging form, you know. So it's just confidence, and like it just seems like they lack self-belief. And if one of you, if you don't believe in yourself and you don't believe in what you're doing, it only takes one person not to press at the same time, and then they'll just cut you open. So if you're going to do that, you might as well not press at all. Um, but I think mainly for me, it's it's the personnel. I'm not I'm not putting all the blame on Mason, none whatsoever. I'm just saying Connor does a lot 
of work defensively, which we're obviously missing at the moment. And But that's the cards we've been dealt with and we've got to find a way around it to, try to at least get some shots on and go or, or at least look threatening. Mm, yeah, hopefully someone like Scott Fraser coming back into the side as well over the next few weeks. I thought, again, he didn't do a great deal when he came on yesterday. So was it last 20 minutes or so when he came on, but... He did, uh, he, there was one bit where he had the ball at his feet, made a pass, and then made a run forward, and he never got it back. But I remember thinking, oh, that looks that looks impressive. <laughs> Maybe a bit more of that would help, uh, along with Jaden Stockley's heading in the uh, in the defensive areas as well as uh, forward. Right, I mean, let's have a look at that league table then. So, Chantwin are sitting in 16th on 39 points. Morecambe, uh, four from bottom, so just inside the relegation zone. They're on 31, so they're eight points uh, behind us. Our, our goal difference is 14 better than them, and they've got the best goal difference out of all the sides in the relegation zone as well. So if it does come down to goal difference, then uh, as it stands, we should hopefully be okay. But Morecambe, you know, they were they were pegged back late on uh, against Ipswich at home yesterday. It was uh, 86th minute when Wes Burns equalised. So for them, they, they, they've gone, was it seven without a win now? They've had two games recently where they've been pegged back right at the end at home. Bolton uh, and Morecambe. Gillingham uh, they, they came back from behind. Lincoln away, they lost. Uh, so they haven't, they haven't won for a while now. It's, it's a month since they last won. Um, so they're maybe close, but not quite getting results. Doncaster, you look at them down the, down, down the basement uh, of the table. Crew and Doncaster are the bottom two teams. Doncaster are the one just off the bottom. It, it could you realistically perhaps make a, a charge out. They're only two points behind Morecambe. Um, they've only lost one in their last four, one-two, and they got a 2-2 two, two draw with Wimbledon yesterday, having come back from 2-0 down. Um, Wimbledon are, are dropping like a stone. We'll, we'll go to them in a minute. Gillingham in, inside the relegation zone, only one defeat in five, one at Lincoln uh, yesterday, um, draw with Wimbledon uh, uh, during the week, draw at Morecambe, as we mentioned, beat Cambridge recently, lost at home to Plymouth. Um, and then, as I said, Wimbledon, are in, they're, they're, they're the side that I think, if, if things do go dreadfully wrong, they could still be our buffer. They're, they're on something like a 13-14 game winless run. Um, and when they played at the Valley, uh, I remember asking Paul Robinson, their manager, if he felt they were close, because there is a lot of draws in that run. Um, I think I'm looking at seven or eight draws here, uh, including being 2-0 up against Doncaster. But same as us, it's no good being close at the moment they're, if they're not going to go ahead and get the points. So that's why I'm looking at those teams, a couple of which are, are on a decent run now, one of which is on a really dreadful run. H- how do you see this playing out, Tom? If if we're not careful, do you think one of those teams, maybe the, the, the likes of Donny or, um, or Gillingham, who've, who've only lost one in four, one in five, could make a realistic charge to try and catch us. Now, bear in mind, you've got Fleetwood, Lincoln and Shrewsbury in between us and the relegation zone as well as Wimbledon. So they've got to overcome those four sides as well. So, as I said at the very start, I'm more nervous than I was on Thursday's show. But I still don't think we are in enough trouble to go down. Um, I hope I'm not being naive. I'm certainly not saying we're too big to go down. But I think some of those reasons you've just given there, I think the the form of a lot of those other sides, I think the amount of sides that there are still between us and the relegation zone is a big thing. And as Naif said a little bit earlier, we have proven that we've got the ability in us to to win games uh, and games against big sides. Um, I do think, and again, I'm not using this as an excuse at all, but the injuries has been a problem. Jacko has said it himself. The, I don't think he's lost when Connor and Jaden have played together. Um, now, obviously, we have had to cope with the fact that we haven't had them and we haven't coped, and that is is totally... Those other players you know, need to look at themselves for that. But 
I just think with enough players coming back, I think with some of the games that we do have towards the back end of the season, and I think some of those other factors, I do think, you know, in my heart of heart, I think we'll be fine. Now, whether that's good enough that we survive is another question, but I, I just think there's enough there that we will get over the line. Now, we shouldn't even have to be talking about that. And as I say, that's another point. But yeah, I, look, I'm looking nervously over my shoulder, but I, I'm hopeful that there is enough there that means we will stay up. But no. if we lose a couple more, who knows? I could change. Mm, yeah, right. Lovely stuff. Let's have a listen to what Johnny Jackson then made of the defeat uh, up at Hillsborough. I asked him uh, what his thoughts were on the performance. I thought it was a disappointing performance. Um, obviously, a terrible start. Something that we that we spoke about that they, you know, that they try and uh, they try and start quick and, and get you turned and put pressure on you. And we, you know, we wanted to do that to them, and we wasn't able to. Found ourselves defending from the sort of first first seconds really defending set play situations and they're strong in them uh, in those situations so obviously you know it's, it's, it's a nightmare start to the game and we never really recovered um, and then obviously conceding getting one down uh, you know and you've got something to you got something to chase but conceding again right just before half time and disappointing goal the way we've been done there uh, give, give us too much to do Feels like it's a similar problem to what we've seen again over the last few weeks. The set piece with the first one and the second one again, a ball sort of down the side of the defence, opening them up. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's obviously you know a bit of a, a bit of a, a weakness for us at the minute, and uh, you know it's, it's disappointing because you know, we highlight that, that that we haven't been good enough in those in those situations, and, and we and we practice and we work and we speak about you know what we need to do better, but it's not being implemented at the minute. Uh, and that's that's frustrating. I mean, with, with that that ball down the, the side of the fence, and I know it's a question we have asked you a few times about the formation. Is, is is the formation something that's vulnerable to that, or is it still individuals you feel that that need to step up and stop that happening? No, but there's, there's 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 vulnerabilities and strengths in every formation. Sheffield Wednesday played the exact formation, don't they? So um, it is things that you know we we, we work on those situations and uh, and we work about and we speak about how we avoid them. Um, and on the training pitch, we, we drill it. But you step over the white line, you have to take that responsibility, and it's not it's not happening at the minute. It's a, it's a tough run, isn't it? Now and morale, what's that like in the in the camp? With I guess the, the the chance of going up, as we said, is long gone. The slightly looking over our shoulders at one point today when Morecambe were winning. What's what's the morale like in the group? Oh, they're disappointed because they don't like losing. None of us like losing, um, me especially. So. Um, yeah, what you can do you can sit there feeling sorry for yourself or you can do something about it and roll your sleeves up and you know, that's what they need to do it will turn it will turn um, but it takes hard work it takes a bit of bottle um, and we'll find out whether they've got it got it in them over the coming weeks and if they haven't there'll be other people to come in and and uh, take their place. We started to see some of those players come back in today the likes of, of Scott Fraser and, and Jaden Stockley so that is hopefully some light at the end of that tunnel. Yeah, and you know, obviously it's you know it's cost us having the likes of Jaden and Connor and, and Chooks and Scott missing. Uh, we haven't been able to to ride it out, uh, especially with the run of fixtures that we've had. So uh, yeah, you know great that great that Jaden's you know got back on the pitch today. We need to keep him fit. We need to keep get him back to full speed. Hopefully Connor Connor can come back and join him because we know that when and then two play together that gives us a real real platform and a real chance of winning games. So. Uh, and good that Scotty got got back on the pitch today. Uh, obviously, he's been out a while now. 
um, and, and, and he'll improve us as well as he, once he's back up to full speed he'll definitely make the team better What's the story with, with Ryan obviously we know he's had terrible trouble with injuries throughout his, his Charlton career what's the, the latest setback and, and, and do you have any idea how long he may be out for No, I don't know time periods but yeah he's, he's had another issue um, um, with his thigh so we have to it's just have to wait and see uh, obviously not available today I, I don't know the time frame on it um, hopefully hopefully not too long but obviously you know he's a he's a player that's got you know a history of, of picking up these types of things so um, the more you get you know the, the, you know sometimes the, the the more careful you have to be with your, with your return to play Obviously, we mentioned about the, the five-game losing run now. I mean, what would you think it will take to just sort of shake them out of this? Will, will it be a short, sharp shot, like a, a raft of changes to the to the team or just, just one result like the Portsmouth one that they could try and build on? Yeah, we just have to try and dig a result out. And like I said, it just comes from hard work. So I'll be watching closely on the training pitch and people that aren't, in my opinion, pulling their weight or, or doing it or obviously when I watch the game back and, and dissect that and things that I see will, will all be in my mind when I'm picking a team um, to beat Sunderland be like, are we capable of doing that yeah of course we are of course we are on any given day especially you know um, if Stockley's available to us and, uh, and one or two others it obviously gives us more of a chance so that's what that's what we're trying to do so, you, know, you mentioned to Rich during the week about how tough this period is I guess this is partly why you came into management it's all it's easy when it's the uh, the winning run like we saw but this is this is where you really start to learn your trade yeah of course yeah it's difficult it's difficult it's not a nice feeling I don't like losing and then you know you have to try it's my job to try and pick the lads up and great it's a great game for us next week and, you know at home against a um, team like Sunderland that will bring a lot of supporters it's they're the sort of games that you want to be involved in you know playing or managing so uh, I, if I won't be feeling sorry for myself I'll just be trying to um, work out a way and the, and the best 11 and 18 and game plan to try and beat Sunderland Cheers, um, Do you have any update on Adam Matthews? He's, he looks like he's got a concussion yeah Okay thanks so, well, It's way too early to tell I've mean, to go into like pro With Adam yeah, yeah 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 I don't know how bad it is uh, He tried to play on didn't he? Tried to play on and then he said he felt groggy so uh, I had to get him off the pitch once, I, you know, once a player reports that you have to get him off and then you have to, re- yeah, certain return to play protocols. I don't know exactly what the what they are and what the time times on them are, but um, I imagine it will be touch and go wherever he's involved Saturday. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. One hundred percent online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free.
That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Into the box looking for Stockley. He gets it in! And there's the opening goal! Jordan has scored a delivery. Absolutely perfect from Albie Morgan. Picks out Stockley. Who rose first and flicked it past Fisher for the opening goal. Yeah, and that is a very, very difficult ball to defend if you're a centre-half. I know you want to look at it from Stockley's point of view. He was aggressive. He got above the centre-half. He pinned him so he couldn't make a jump and attack the ball. And then once you've done that, it's just a case of getting contact onto the, the football itself and directed towards goal. He did that. We find ourselves one in front, but a delightful delivery from Albie Morgan. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live uh, on your Sunday afternoon. I hope you guys are well. Thanks to all of you who've got in contact with the show. We're going to be looking at some of those messages shortly. Um, what, what did you make of Jacko's demeanour yesterday, um, Nathan? He must—it must be so frustrating. You know, he, he is work as we, as as he's often said, he's working towards something he has in mind. Um, you know, this. We, we we asked I asked him the question about whether the, the formation is, is is leading us a little bit vulnerable at the moment, but he's he, he answered that the way he wanted to. I mean, what, what would you make of how frustrated he must be with the fact that things aren't aren't going the way he wants him to go at the moment? Yeah, he looks he looks tired, he looks frustrated, he looks fuming. Um, but you know, he he knows what the issues are, and he's going to get back on the training field this week and try to put it right but like I said at the top of the show it's you've got to have players doing their job um, if he feels you know he's just going to stick at this um, this way of playing that you know that's what you know that's what he's getting paid to do he, on a, I said on Thursday I don't have any problem believing with people believing in a, in a way of playing and but I think sometimes if if you're struggling there's nothing wrong with it doesn't mean that you're going to throw it all in the bin it just means you're just going to get back on the straight and narrow and try and sort it out. So he does cut a frustrated uh, figure at the moment and understandably so because he's probably feeling it just like we are because he knows the club and he knows where we've been and it's not nice for him to be at the helm when we're being in the lowest position that we've had for God knows how long. So yeah, he looks he looks frustrated but he obviously believes in the players which I think deep down, I know we're all frustrated but... And we, there's certain players that some of us don't like or do not rate, etc., etc. But we know that it's there. And I think the only solace I can take from the fact, I looked at the fixtures earlier, and I think apart from Sunderland on Saturday and maybe Ipswich, everyone else we're playing, either down there below us or around us, or they haven't got anything to play for, whereas Morecambe are playing six of their remaining games. They're all chasing the playoffs. So it's it's... <laughs> I think he he just wants that bit of luck to go our way, just a scrappy one nil or something, just to pick the lads up because you can tell, as we've said many a times, that it's just looking a bit dire and look, looking a, quite flat, um, and you can see that. And he's and he just his body language, he just looks he looks shattered, he looks mm. absolutely shattered. Yeah, but well, we need to find a way, don't we? It was uh, it was a long old journey up yesterday. Uh, I did have a good laugh on the train actually from Doncaster to Sheffield. I had to change there and I bumped into uh, like three generations of the same family all going to the game, the Evans family, and they were having a, having a good old laugh. I enjoyed talking to them at least. I know they listened to the pod as well. So I hope you guys uh, in, made, made the most of your day <laughs> to, to some extent. And uh, thanks for 
coming over and chatting on, on the train up because I was on my own yesterday, so it was nice to have someone to, to speak to. Um, I mean, Carl, it's the first tweet comes in from Carl, and, and he's asking the question, where does the responsibility start and stop? Uh, based on, obviously, when I spoke to, to Jacko yesterday and I asked him about the formation and, and the vulnerability, and, and he says he, you know, he, he, he drills it into the players. He wants them to take, take a bit more responsibility for being in the right position or getting the head on a, a set piece, something like that. But Carl says, when does uh, the responsibility start and, and stop? Jacko calling players to stand up and be counted, but again, we play a formation with players out of position. Between them, they need to find nine points and then the divorce can happen. This group of players cannot stay uh, next year. I mean, what's your response to that, Tom? I think, as Naif said in his previous answer, there are players there that I do want to stay. Uh, I know that there is a lot of them that split opinion. Uh, people like y- yourself mentioning Alex Gilby earlier. I thought he was somebody who was nailed on to stay for another year, but then performances have dipped off. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a mixed bag. I think in terms of responsibility, it, it has to be shared. You know, Jacko ultimately will say it rests with him because he is the manager. He puts the players out there and he picks the team and the side and the formation. But at the same time, at some point, these players are out there have got to take some of the responsibility themselves and say, do you know what? Maybe our manager is persevering with the formation we're struggling with, but we could still do better. Like some of the basics that they are getting wrong, there is no way that he's teaching them that or telling them that. So it is split. Gallon and, and the recruitment guys also take a share of the responsibility. Um, now, I know they were recruiting for a manager who wanted to play a slightly different style, but Despite that, you know, we're looking at the character of some of these players, like I spoke about earlier. I don't think they expected us to be where we are, so maybe that's why that character isn't there. But, you know, we're not seeing enough of that either. So I think it's shared across all of them. It's, it's a collective responsibility. They're a club at the end of the day, and they're a team, so they they all have to take their share. Uh, but as I say, in terms of the, the personnel and who we keep, obviously that will be a decision for the summer, but... There were a lot of players in there that I would like because when we get it right, we're, we are a good side. It's just for the last five, six, seven games, we haven't. But, you know, that spell when he first took over, and I know it's a while ago now, but we showed that we could put good runs together, that we could be hard to beat, that we were hard to break down. We could score goals. Um, so I think there is there is positive signs in this squad. It obviously needs reinforcement. And particularly if we're playing these wingbacks, we need players that play in that position naturally and hopefully that's something we can do over the summer but yeah it's a difficult one I think but the responsibility lies all over that pitch and, and with the manager and, and assistant mm, Right, uh, Sam says I'm getting fed up with the current performances Jacko needs to switch to 4-4-2 yes we have injuries but there should be no excuses for conceding 8 goals in 3 games change is 100% needed Michael said in hindsight I'm still not sure if Jacko does deserve a summer to build his team uh, because the chance wouldn't be based on what's on his CV. It's just business uh, at the end of the day. Tom says if he can't get the best out of these players, questions have to be asked if he should be trusted uh, with another brand new squad. Ben uh, just wants uh, to see the season ended. Yeah, I agree with you there. Richard says this does remind me of the last days of Atkins. Relegation is a possibility. Uh, at one point yesterday, we were only six points clear until Ipswich equalised. Can Jacko turn this around or do we need... Another reset. Wins asking, you know, would would changing the manager work with these players? And then Mick responded, "Well, I can't see that myself. Maybe only a few games bounce. So maybe perhaps some blame on the players there uh, as, as well." Tom Bramley says, "It was a really poor performance. I hate leaving games early, but I had to yesterday. It was that bad. Jacko needs to make a change, or I fear Sandgard might get rid of him before." at the end of the season. Dave says, uh, given that many supporters, uh, me included, were clamouring for JJ to get the job, what has gone wrong? If JJ isn't careful, he will join Nigel Atkins at the Dole queue uh, formation and tactics 
uh, needs a rethink. John says, uh, I have felt many emotions at the Valley over the years up until Tuesday. Sadness and pity were absent, but they're not. And now Robert says, everything about the last handful of performances stinks. The body language, sitting off formation, uh, we're getting caught out of position at the back time and again. And the balls that are being played between our centre-halves and full-backs are extremely worrying. It's clear other teams are targeting this area. Something is needed and fast to shore up this lack of cohesion and desire. I like JJ and really want him to succeed. I know we've got a worrying amount of injuries, but I feel we should shake things up formation-wise. More points needed. Uh, and quick. So Darcy says, beaten by the better team again, maybe they should take a leaf. Uh, the women's team, they seem to be going uh, in the opposite direction. Yeah, playing right now, actually, the women's team against Everton in the FA Cup, still 0-0 after 16 minutes at the Oakwood. Uh, I imagine by the time you hear this, you'll know the, <coughs> the final result. And uh, Dan says that JJ, unfortunately, has to take some backlash for tactics for five losses in a row. It doesn't help that our only half-decent attacking players are injured, but the midfield and defence are letting him down and us fans as well massively. The team, when Jacko was caretaker, played for him. Uh, now they don't. And finally, Charlton Dreaming says 3-5-2 with no senior strikers or specialist wing-backs and centre-backs lacking mobility is not good. Formation has weaknesses and there's more even exposed with the players playing out of their best position. I want JJ to succeed. Some flexibility is needed though. Curbs would have tried something else. Right, let's get some more fan reaction uh, as well. Lewis uh, delved into the pubs and the clubs of Sheffield uh, after the game yesterday and asked for a few people's opinion on the result up at Hillsborough. I thought we were pretty much on the back foot from the start. Like five minutes that in and we were 1-0 down. No one looked interested. Um, still playing the same system that we've been playing for weeks, which it hasn't been working for us. It really hasn't. It's like big respect for Johnny Jackson, but he needs to change it up once he could see himself out of a job at this rate. Yeah, some question marks, <clears throat> as you say again, about the system, playing five at the back. Do you, you find it frustrating that he's not looking to change it and just keep sticking with that every week? Oh, absolutely. Um, we've got players on the bench and that potentially could fit into the system that we are playing, but we don't have all the play components for it. It's like we're not we're playing like right backs and left backs and right midfielders and left midfielders as wing backs. It's it's not working. It's not their natural position. Everyone's kind of just doing their own thing. Disappointing from from start to finish. Really, the formation didn't work for me. Five at the back again. It's fine for the start, but once you go a goal down, you need to change it up. Jackson just didn't do that today. Sticking at five in the back, we need to freshen things up. Use the best players we got for the best positions. I just didn't feel like we did that today. Didn't do enough to to, to, to warrant a win. To be fair, we didn't deserve anything out of the game. Disappointing, disappointing day all round. Really, only eight points. It's only three games away from defeat with over ten games to play, basically. And it's, it is worrying for. I don't think we're going down, but it is um, in the back of yeah, my mind. I, f- I feel like we don't have in the, the, the sort of sufficient players to play wing backs. I, I, I like the idea of the formation, but on a day to day, left wing back, right wing back, we just don't have the calibre of players to, to play that successfully. And I feel like you, you look at your squad, who have you got to play? If you haven't got sufficient wing backs, why are you playing five at the back? Play to your strengths. If, if you can play 4-4-4-2 or, or even a 4-5-1 today, I appreciate we haven't got many strikers at the moment, but you, you play to your strengths, you see what's on the bench, you see, see what your squad's like. You, you, you don't need to necessarily play players out of the position just to, to, to warrant that, that five at the back. It just it isn't working. No, I want to see Jackson as manager next season, but I think 
for him to succeed, he's going to need a complete clear out of all the dead wood at the club at the minute. And as we all know, there is quite a few players that aren't um, quite cut. I feel like Jackson, inevitably, he's going to get more of a chance to sort of prove himself and, and, and have a bit more respect from the fans. But I feel like after a while, probably give it three, four more games. If, if the results don't go away, I can see the fans turning as well. And, and that's inevitable. You, you, need, you need results. And after, after a few games, if it is four or five games, we're still not, not picking up the points. We could feel ourselves like down down that bottom end of the table and, and, and that's when things could really turn for the worst but I hope that doesn't happen I, I've got faith in Jackson I hope he does does turn it around but there's all that sort of has he got enough experience to actually train things when, when things aren't going too well has he got the experience to say change the formation up when we do go, go a goal behind can he actually think about sort of what, what what's the plan B and that that's the only sort of concern at the lack of mind at the moment has he got that that plan B there we go. Thanks to the fans who uh, joined us in the fans bar yesterday on the fans bar feature, at least to, to give their views. Uh, yeah, changing tactics certainly something uh, that's come up a lot recently. Well, let's have a look at some of the emails as well. McSquared said positives from the Sheffield Wednesday match. Stockley and Fraser back on the pitch. The result wasn't worse than the previous one. Other than that, we were totally outplayed in every department. Don't look remotely like scoring again. The match was over again uh, by half time, if not. After the first goal went in, uh, Lico or Lico and Jaisimi looked poor again after they came on. We can only hope that Stockley and Fraser get back to full fitness very quickly to give us some desperately needed thrust. Our midfield showed no uh, lack of effort again, but often look far too lightweight and are out fought too easily. Whatever happens, a major rebuild is going to be required in the summer as far too many of our players are just not up to it. I mean, Nathan, I'll bring you in on that. Uh, Lico and Jaisimi, would you want to have your say on those two? Not really. <laughs> Go on. Uh, Which one would you like to Lico. speak about in particular? Uh, look, uh, I know well, the answer is Lico, so just start. Yeah. So yeah, so I think I, I can't remember what, what pod it was on, but I just don't. He's not affected the game as I must. Have, when, so when he when he first joined, when we got him on loan the first time, happy. When he was with Taylor, I was happy. He was fine. He was a maverick. He done. He was he was unpredictable in in a good way. This season, he signed on loan. I was fairly positive. And this year, he's been unpredictable, but for the other reasons. Unpredictable in terms of, like, I don't know what he's going to do, but what he does do is the wrong thing, which <laughs> isn't great. And it just, I don't know why, ever since the Cheltenham game, there was one silly moment, which maybe I'm being harsh for, but it just can't, it just doesn't offer anything. You know, like, he's, and I know it's hard at the moment. He can't, he's not a centre forward, which I've said many, many a time. Um, he's not a right wing back he had that good game against Sunderland um, but I just can't I just don't know where he fits in and, and he's another loan but we've got someone who we've not seen yet in Niall John who's got energy he's creative he likes to get on the ball but I mean apart from I mean Leco, if you say to me right what what, what can Leco, Leco do and it's like well I don't actually know because he doesn't take players on he doesn't try and get on the shoulder. He just runs around aimlessly. I just don't know what he brings to the team, you know. And with DJ, like, I think in flashes he was okay in parts of the season. Pre-season he looked sharp, but he's not a wing-back. So I feel for him a little bit, but sometimes it's still basic. He doesn't attack a full-back. 
And when he plays right wing back, he's so nervous going forward because of what's going in behind him. As you saw for the goal yesterday, I can understand why he doesn't want to go forward, but then it makes it an ineffective team. Wing backs are supposed to go up and down. We go up to the halfway line and then stay there. You know, even when, you know, Castillo, when he played, he tried getting forward, but it's like you're supposed to be a marauding left wing back. And we're not, we're not even doing that. So no wonder why it's not sticking. No wonder why we're not creating any chances. Um, but then it comes all the way back. We got to do first full circle and come back to the formation again. But yeah, I just I just find them both really ineffective. I just their attributes are to be on the ball, be explosive, be dynamic. But when they're not even doing that, so what's the point in playing them? You know, so I don't know. It's just frustrating, and I'm not just digging them too out. I'm not saying they're the cause of all of our issues, but on those two players, which you asked me, they're, they're my frustrations with them. So hopefully they're listening and um, they listen to me. <laughs> so they're not going to listen. Yeah. Imagine if they imagine if they just subscribers to the pod, just so they can hear themselves getting hammered every week by Nathan Muller. What a life to live that would be. Right, Alex Varney uh, says, Evening, guys. I hope you guys are well. Uh, well, what can I say? Another uh, loss. Five on the trot. People were calling for Adkins' head for less. In no way am I suggesting we move JJ on. However, this club... Uh, full club rebuild was too big of a job for someone so early in his career as coach and manager. Sangard should have sat him down, told him he liked his uh, his uh, moxie, uh, but that it was too soon. He should have brought someone in who had years of experience and told Jacko to learn from him. Alas, he didn't, and so we were in this situation. I was the one uh, who got swept up uh, in JJ's early days too, and the fan in me beat the logical-ish uh, brain. I think Sangard should tell JJ he has next season to push on with recruitment and contracts, and he also needs to get a CEO in ASAP. He then needs to come out and apologise for the Prem in five years stuff and admit that it will take more work than previously thought. I love the enthusiasm of it all, and it was good to see, but it's been used as a stick to beat the man, and that's frustrating. The worst thing about today was that I switched off and just did something else uh, with my day. Here's hoping for a pickup in form soon. Yeah, I mean, it, we, we've spoken a lot about Jacko. I guess Alex has has mentioned Thomas Sangard there as well, and uh, you know he has been a name that gets mentioned a lot on the pod due to his part in in, in obviously running the club. But he he will. I mean, this this is a massive year for him now. I think I think I said as much to him when I, I spoke to him in the pub, like. When he was he was there at, the, at that pub, wasn't he? A few weeks ago, the one he played the guitar, and I said to him, like, you know, I think there's a lot of frustration, but I think fans would probably forgive like a bad year if, it, as long as it's followed up by a, a lesson learned year. So I mean, this is a massive summer for him. Yeah, absolutely huge, and as you say, I think I'm prepared to give him the the benefit of the doubt at the moment. Uh, I, I'm not one of those that just subscribes to he saved the club, so therefore he can do no wrong. In the same way, yes, Jacko's a club legend, but he, he can make mistakes too, and neither of them are bulletproof. But, you know, he is naive to football. He's new to this. He is learning along the way, and so he is going to make mistakes, and I think he would admit himself he has. But you look at some of the decisions he's made on paper and, and that email there talking about experience, you know, Nigel Adkins came in. Okay. He hadn't been a manager for a while, but he is an experienced football manager. He had got teams out of this level. He finished last season very, very strongly. And he recruited a side that he thought was going to work with players that again, on paper, lots of the people that we signed, we were quite pleased about. So why did the season start so badly and whose fault is that? Uh, you know, I think, Thomas put his hand in his pocket, we bought players, and it didn't work. And then 
I think most of us were calling for Jackson. You know, we all said it was taking too long. I know there were still some people that said no, but when he was in that interim role and he was winning games, lots of us were saying, well, he deserves the role now. You can't give it to anybody else. So again, it's very easy to be captain hindsight now and go, oh, it was too early. We should never have done it. But at the time, it felt right. And, and personally, I still feel like it is right. So Sangard has to take some of the blame himself as well. But at the same time, it, it is a lot of this is hindsight. You know, lots of the players on paper, good at this level, experienced manager with Jacko learning underneath him, right sort of idea. It just hasn't worked. And, you know, everybody can see that. And there's nobody that's going to say that it has. And if he gets this summer right, as you say, I think we will forget about this season very quickly. If next season starts badly and this kind of fracture amongst the, the club, which we spoke about on Thursday, still exists going into the start of next season, it could turn nasty. But I just don't think we're there yet. I think obviously we need to stay up this year and then we just need to see. But it is imperative that we start our summer business early. Absolutely imperative. And uh, if we get that right, we've got half a chance next year. Mm. Right. Reg uh, says lots of talk about formations, players not trying and a lack of strikers. But the real reason for the poor run of form is that my wife has yet to wear the Charlton gloves I bought her for her birthday at the start of February. This will be put right next Saturday. In addition, a new regime is in place uh, this week. In advance of Sunderland, my good lady wife has donned her Charlton pyjamas for the week ahead. Uh, or as we call it, lingerie. <laughs> uh, we shall also be taking our pre-match drink at the Anchor and Hope instead of the Royal Oak. Besides, it's Sunderland. Yeah, all, all, all the, uh, the the signs will point in the right way. Is the fact that what we need to do is just play Sunderland and Portsmouth every week for the rest of the season. Portsmouth only away though, of course, and and then we'll be fine. Uh, and, and obviously, Reg uh, mixing up the pre-match ritual as well to try and get a, a change in like good idea. Right, Tom uh, says morning chaps. A quick one for me. Uh, currently in the Dales, uh, Mina. Uh, is still in prison over in Wolford. Mick and Shirley find out the body in RG Bardi. Well, I'm not going to say who it is in case it, it, it gives a... Because I watch EastEnders and I know that would be a bit of a spoiler. Uh, and in uh, Weatherfield, Adams is still having problems with his ex, Lydia. All jokes aside, this is uh, unacceptable uh, week in, week out. These are the same players who are running through brick walls for Jacko when he was caretaker. Uh, if they want to see him out of a job, they're going the right way about it. However, it doesn't matter how much we love Jacko. It's a results of business. How we can persist with 3-5-2. It's not working and the players aren't good enough to play it. Uh, boy, I don't know how you do this every Sunday. It's getting me down and it's not the Charlton uh, we all know and love. Uh, good luck and have a nice week. Uh, a nice week. Cheers, Cabby. Yeah, no, it can be a bit soul-destroying. Uh, I've mentioned my desire for the season to end sooner rather than later. Uh, but, you know, there might be some excitement still to come if we if we get sucked into a relegation battle. Finally, Robert says, Hi, guys. Another disappointing result and performance felt uh, very much like a 2-0 hammering. Uh, an early goal from another set piece is infuriating. Some of our passing was comical yesterday. Gaining Stockley back from injury is a bonus, but losing Innes is another blow. We still need two or three wins before the end of the season to avoid relegation. Roll on the final game so we can have this season finished. All the best. Uh, all the best. That's from Robert. Cheers, Robert. Yeah, um... And we haven't even mentioned Ryan Innes, I don't think, Nathan. And we should end the show on that. It's probably, unfortunately, it's so routine that it doesn't feel like it needed to be at the top of the show. But Ryan Innes out injured again. You know, dreadful luck for him. It's a fire problem. Uh, it was a fire problem that kept him out for a long spell at the start of the season. No timeline on it yet. But, I mean, we're only, we're only a couple of months from the end of the season. So it could well be that that's the last we've seen him in a Charlton shirt. Because I guess with his injury record, it's going to be tough for him to secure a new contract. Yeah, of course it's going to be tough. I think the only way that you're going to get around it if you do a pay as you play, but for obvious reasons financially, a lot of players and agents probably won't want to go down that road because knowing that knowing his own injury record, 
um, you're not going to sign something and makes you worse off financially. So it may well be. I don't know the extent to it. Obviously, I've seen the, the article yesterday, uh, your article yesterday, and, or Richard's article yesterday, or, or whoever's it was. Um, and yeah, it's disappointing because we know he's a good defender on his day and he's such a threat in both boxes. Um, and obviously after the Norwich game, I was speaking to him and he was trying to set milestones to try and hopefully sit down. But another setback does make it a little bit difficult. And the cards, you know, he, he hasn't got it stacked in his favour now. So, yeah, it could be. And it's disappointing. It is disappointing. But ultimately, we can't be paying paying players who aren't available for the majority of the season. There's just the, you know, the finances. We should be spending it more wisely. Chucks is out now. Again, I don't know how long he's out for. So we just need to start getting players that can consistently play, you know, throughout the season. I know you get injuries and suspensions and what, what you know, so on. But he's, a, he's, a, he's unavailable too much. And then you can't build a, a team and you can't get consistency if we've got one defender out this week and then another one out the next. And then we've got a striker who's always out. So I think it's... Unfortunately, as as I'd love to see him there and him stay fit, we need to spend resources on more reliable players, in my opinion. There we go. Right, I think that's a good place to end the show. So thanks for everyone who's tuned in uh, this week and thanks for all of those of you who sent your messages in uh, as well. Thank you, Tom and Nath, for sharing the misery with me. Cheers, Cheers lads. Good to speak to the pair of you. I'm Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on Thursday to look ahead to the home game uh, with Sunderland. Hopefully that will be the game where we start to turn our form back on. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.